welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Designers, Howls is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Howls Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore Howls Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. Hey everyone, hi and thanks for joining the podcast. Before I introduce my guest, can we all just take a deep breath? We are all leaning on each other right now to navigate through life with a big, giant, unrelenting coronavirus cloud over our heads. My team and I at Designers Today, as well as sister publications like Furniture Today, Casual Living, and Home Accents Today, have our eyes and ears open 24-7 to report back to you responsibly and help steer you toward solutions. With the bombardment of constantly evolving news, we are doing our best to bring it to you. When I lived in Florida, I was very much used to preparing for hurricanes and hunkering inside for one day. And anyone in the storm's way, in the, sto- in the cone of the storm, they did the same. COVID-19 is 0.0015 like that. This virus has no borders, and it's up to us to make them. And that is what this isolation is all about. And that brings me to Veronica Solomon, of Casa Valora Interiors out of Katy, Texas, who is our guest today. Veronica is bringing people together daily, almost 4,200 at the time that this podcast drops, via her Facebook group, What They Don't Teach You in Design School. In addition to being an interior designer, Veronica is an educator, blogger, and mentor, and she will soon add software designer to her accolades. While she is a get-things-done powerhouse in the business side of design, aesthetically she stands out and does not tiptoe around color and pattern. She credits her Jamaican roots with informing her style and penchant for maximalism. Now, normally on said, I ask someone to say something about my guest. The key word there is normally, and normal doesn't really exist right now, does it? So, Veronica, I owe you one, and I already have an idea of how to do it. Anyway, Veronica and I recorded this podcast on Tuesday, March 17th, in the early afternoon. That same day, Veronica discovered that there were a dozen cases of coronavirus in her area. With that said, 
I hope you will find my conversation with Veronica Solomon uplifting. I did. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Jane, how are you? Hi, Veronica. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Well, I'm so happy that you have some time to talk to me on the podcast today. Um, I am podcasting from my new home office podcast studio. Where Where are you right now? I'm in my studio studio. Studio <laughs> as of today, yeah, I might be working from home for the rest of the week and onwards. So, but today I'm in the office. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit. Um, you are in Katy, Texas, which uh -huh. is um, a suburb of Houston. Correct. Yes. So, what's it like down there, just in your local community? Can you tell that we're in a world crisis? You know, I mean, a, a little bit has changed. I mean, but not a whole lot, to be honest with you. Grocery stores are still pretty stocked, at least the last time I went, which was just a couple of days ago. People are still out and about. I mean, schools are closed. But for the most part, people are going on with their regular life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nothing's going on. Yeah. Right, right. And are you, um, I mean, you've got your studio studio. What is at your studio studio? Like the difference between working at home and being at your studio studio. Do you have like tons of samples and everything? Yes, so this is where all my samples are, my room vignettes that are set up, which really are for attracting clients and bringing them in and getting them to experience my designs. So this is where, you know, actual work happens. Of course, my home office still has, you know, like my computer and books and things like that, but not samples there. Yes, we know you have books, Veronica. We know you have <laughs> We have, you have lots of books. And that's one of our final questions later as I as I head down the list. So um, before we talk about the present, and what's on a lot of designers minds, because you're tapped into so many designers, I want to talk about your incredible journey to where you are today. So can you tell tell us a little bit about little Veronica and what life was like for you? Well, little Veronica, I was always very ambitious, though, I will say that um, I grew up around me, you know, by the age of 13, 14, and most of the girls I was going to school with, they were getting pregnant, and the boys I went to school with are getting killed from, you know, being gangs and things like that. So that was kind of my trajectory. I was supposed to be in that position, but I was always the person that, no, I, there's better for me. There's better out there. And so um, eventually when I moved here to the United States, I, I, it was, uh, you know, I followed a guy here, my, my son's, my daughter's father. But I, I knew there was a better life out there for me. And that's really what brought me here. Um, but I had no concept of interior design. I just knew that I, I, I cannot struggle like that all my life. I just knew that um, I wanted to make something of myself. My, my parents were very, very... Um, uh, they really believed in me. I, you know, I wasn't the smartest kid in school. I, you know, I, I was an average student, but my parents really believed in me and knew that I could be something. And so I really leaned into that and kind of took that throughout my adult years to make myself what I am today. But, you know, interior design only came later when I really discovered that I had this gift and um, had this talent because I had no idea what that was growing up in Jamaica. Well, what I was going to ask you, two things about, about your childhood. One is you are one of, is it 10 siblings? So there are 11 of us total, yes. Okay, okay, so 11 of you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, right now, I'm sure when you have clients, you're not creating um, bedrooms for like, you know, or maybe you are creating bedrooms for like six kids to live in. But did you grow up like living, you know, in a bedroom with many of your sisters or brothers? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, you know, so, uh, the older ones lived with my grandparents. So there were like four of them who did not live at home with us. So it was like the core seven <laughs> that mm-hmm. lived at home. And so there was just one bedroom for all of us. And so all the girls in one bed and all the boys in one bed. And so we, we, we had to make do with that. <laughs> do, do you think that that experience, like, I, I love to know, like, what, what, what was the takeaway from that? Well, we learned to be resilient. I mean, we didn't know we were poor, to be honest with you. I mean, we kind of knew, but we didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, I, when my kids act out, I'll joke and say that I'm going to send you to Jamaica for a couple of years just, <laughs> just <laughs> to make a better person out of you. Because it really taught us skills. I mean, we knew how to do everything. We could, you know, cook our own meals. We could wash our own clothes. We, we knew things. And we were closer as a family. I mean, you could not be, we had to be, you know, right. back then we didn't even have a television. And so we would stay up at nights and we would share stories and, you know, and, and talk about our day at school or whatever. So, That's so it really good. brought us together as a closer family unit and we just learned how to survive. Yes. And um, do your siblings and um, do they live in Jamaica still or some here in the States? Where, where do they live? So some of them are here in the States. I have one sister here in Texas, and the, most of them are in Florida, and um, you know, a lot of them are still in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, We lost one brother a few years ago, so you know, most of us are still alive and well. Right. Well, that's good. And tell me something, because when I look at your photography of your projects or vignettes in your studio or whatever I'm seeing, I'm always so, they're very joyous, they're very bold, and I'm wondering if growing up on an island in the Caribbean, if that influences your aesthetic? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Jamaica is one of the most colorful places you'll ever, ever um, know. I mean, we are the trees, the mountains, the sea. I mean, it's all just beautiful color. And just people in general, our personalities were like flashy and we like, you know, we... (laughs) We're not quiet. Let's just say it. I'm, a, I'm an introvert, but I'm a Jamaican introvert, which is a little bit different. Oh, I love that. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we love color and your know, fr- fruits and all of that. We just see that around us all the time. And so that informs a lot of my um, of the rooms that I design because I just love to combine all of those beautiful colors that I remember growing up in Jamaica. Yeah, you do it extremely well. So how did your love of design develop? Um, when did you realize that you really enjoyed doing it? And dreaming about it? Well, it was uh, later in life. I mean, I moved here when I was 24 years old to the United States and I moved to Florida. And it's really after watching Home and Garden television a lot that I realized that, oh my gosh, this is something that I was drawn to. And then, of course, you know, I, I lived, you know, I kind of got to the separation stage with my daughter's father and I got my own little apartment. And so, of course, I had to start, you know, putting it together and putting furniture in it into it but it was just more than furniture I started to like put the layers in which was something I was never familiar with Mm -hmm. and uh, people would come by my friends would come by and they're like wow I mean this looks gorgeous and I'd get comments about it and then I really started to look into what this whole thing was and um, that's when I decided oh there's a school for this as well okay I'm gonna go to school for this and um, ended up having to drop out of school of course and then you know pursuing it as a career later on but you know I didn't really have a history or a deep background other than you know I just discovered it was a natural gifting and I just leaned into that. So go back a little bit and just um, to dropping out of school having to do that what what was the precedent that that made you do that? So um, I had met my, my son's father we got married and then we discovered that he had cancer 
And so it was just a very, very difficult time um, with children and having to be the caretaker for the most part. It was stage four. So um, he was pretty much in and out of the hospital all the time. And so I, I could not manage that as well as school. And right. once he passed away as well, it was just like, well, I have a little bit of money here. Do I continue to spend that on schooling or do I <laughs> take care of my kids with this money? Right. And so that's I, I chose to take care of my kids. And part of that was actually moving from Florida to um to Houston where the the cost of living was lower it was kind of a better quality of life for them and so that that's what brought me here as well too so it was just to kind of make that money stretch a little bit so we weren't you know living uh, you know on nothing right and um and so when I when I got here of course you know I tried to get into the interior design field by you know applying to home builders and things like that and I did land a job working for a home builder and then the recession kind of came around and lost that job and, and had to really go fend for myself in, in this field. And and that's when you hung your shingle out. And that's what I did, yes. Right, in, in, in 2007. Mm-hmm. At, a, at a prime time when everything was looking rosy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. So what was it like opening up um, at the beginning of the recession? Well, I, I think I was just too too naive to know better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thankfully I was, I mean, I just literally sat at my desk in my, I uh, had a little home office back then. And I just printed off some flyers on my, on my little office printer. And I just started going door to door and handing them out to my neighbors. And my neighbors though, they, some of them knew they, they'd been in my house. And so they saw that I had some talent. And so two of them decided to give me a try and um, I designed their homes and a couple of rooms in their homes and they um, referred me out to a couple other people. And so that kind of spiraled from there. Mm-hmm. And then I started to kind of really look at what the challenges were around me. People were not really necessarily doing full interior design, but they wanted window treatments because there was still, I mean, the housing market was still kind of moving here. People were, they were still sell, selling houses. And I realized that window treatments are this big need. People absolutely need that. And so I started to sell window treatments more and do workshops and teaching people how to, you know, address these windows. And so that became a little side business and why um, I really do believe in the recession proof thing I mentioned, because that's what thrived for me during that time is, you know, selling smaller type services. How did you figure all this out? I mean, what was, yes, you are, you have this ambitious gene and you have a smart gene and a creative gene, but um, like HGTV doesn't tell you that stuff, right? HGTV, what do you, and there weren't the Facebook groups that there are now like yours and everybody else's. So how did you, which classes were you taking? Well, first of all, it started with pure survival, though, to be honest with you. It's just like when you look at two kids and you're like, okay, so I need to figure out the next paycheck, where that's going to come from. Right. You get super creative. But for the most part, I knew better than to just kind of trust my own you know, thoughts and, and, and knowledge because I know I didn't have that. So I started to, to look into um, courses. Back then, they did have some courses online. I remember taking a course on how to read blueprints. I can't remember the name of the, comp- the, the person that offered that now, but I did that. And so there were a few things online. And even back then, AGTV was actually teaching you stuff. I learned how to mix patterns from watching Room by Room with Sherry Hiller and Matt Fox. I mean, really? <laughs> anybody remembers that? You yeah, knew that, Veronica. I learned how to do that. No, it... I don't believe that you learned it there. You had it in you all the time. It just helped get it out. That's all. Yeah, it, it really helped me to kind of see it from, uh, okay, that's what that's called. Okay, and th- this is how, yeah. Yes. So it, it helped me to kind of put, put it in the context of a process. Yes. But yes, it, it's something that I feel that you're naturally gifted at. 
Um, but yeah, so I did a, a lot of online learning and took some courses and I bought textbooks. That was a, that was major for me because a part of me felt like, um, okay, I'm, I, I dropped out of school. So for a while I was, I was ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to make up for that. And so I would buy textbooks and teach myself interior design. And so technically I learned, <laughs> I learned and just thought myself, which is actually how I learned best is really going at my own pace. So learning became a really, really big part of building my business. Mm-hmm. And now you, you teach many others how to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of facets to your business. And one, with your interior design business, and forgive me if I say it incorrectly, but Casa Velora? Mm -hmm. Okay. What does Velora mean? What does that name mean? It's my middle name. Ah, (laughs) wow. You're you're a VV. Yes. (laughs) Double V. Okay. Yeah. That was something that I wanted to know. So you've got which your... is funky in my family. I mean, it's your first um, initial is your second initial. So Michelle Marie and Kimberly Kamarsh. That's my whole <laughs> family. That's how it is. It's like a little thing in our family. Okay. Okay. So um, tell us and me about the different, like your empire of different businesses. So, of course, my interior design business itself is the biggest revenue earner for me and selling products is a huge part of my business. And, and, and that's kind of why, you know, what's going on right now is kind of like, oh, my gosh, we got to kind of have to think of new things. But, well, one um, question. When you say selling products, and I did read that on your website as well, do you mean selling products to your clients or are you selling off of your website or from your studio? Or... Um, to, to clients for okay. projects. Okay. Yes. Yes. So as, a, as a part of the projects, they, I'm always including that. Um, and so that's a b- the biggest part of my business. And of course, I do a lot of um, smaller service offerings. And really, I try to um, make um, interior design accessible to people who um, they have the desire, they have the, um, they're reasonable people, and they understand that it's an investment, and they're willing to pay for what they can afford to pay for and good quality design. And so I try to have smaller service offerings for that. And so that's actually a business within itself. And then of course I, um, I mentor other designers and I offer things like courses and um, a monthly um, a forum where they can join that and pay a monthly fee. And I kind of deep dive into other things that I don't share publicly with my group, for example. And so I, I try to be a resource, but at the same time, making it, um, you know, a beneficial and a, and a source of income for myself as well. Designers, Hals is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Hals Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore House Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. organize your day do you set a calendar on Sundays how do you organize everything so uh, honestly I'm not very very rigid with my schedule but I am very dedicated to it so 
Um, I tell my kids all the time that if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. So don't even expect it to happen if it's not on there. Okay. So I do calendar pretty much everything. But um, I do, I, you know, I make a lot of time for things that are important to me. And the things that I engage in typically are going to be important to me. And so I find the time to do it. Now, I am at a different stage of my life where my kids are a little bit older now and they don't quite rely on me anymore. And um, I'm not married. So I have, you know, a lot of free time that other people would be using that to socialize. And honestly, I kind of just immerse myself in work. So sometimes I'm working from my bed. I mean, I'll be laying in bed watching TV and I'm like, you know, you know, checking out a course or something like that or reading a book and, you know, because my brain kind of works like that. Sure. So, um, so yes, I do. I'm very dedicated to the things that I believe in. I really feel like I, I, I'm going to give more of myself to the things that matter. Um, and so I just make time for those things. And so, yeah, I, I'll make, you know, I have 24 hours like everybody else, but I kind of, sometimes I feel like I'm 48 because I really, put the time into the things that matter to me. Well, a, cu a couple things from what you just said. Number one, you know that I'm going to send you an email at some point in the next week or so and go, I really want a picture of you in bed working. And that's just <laughs> like, I mean, I, I can totally see it. Like, I just can see it. Okay, that's one thing. But, you know, I know in, in addition to you running your businesses, you running the different facets and getting out there and being visible, you know, you've been a design blogger at High Point Market. You've been a design hound at um, Kitchen and Bath. How how do you how did you get to be so visible? Was it your blog, social media, showing up places? Like how did you get to be Veronica Solomon and in demand? Well, I think it, it's the, my blog has a lot to do with it. My, my blog was always like a consumer facing blog. And honestly, in the beginning, I tried to be a famous blogger, like you see some of the big influencers right now, and that never actually it didn't really take off in that direction but better things came of it even though I, I, even though it was was it, it called the naked decorator yeah so it was called the naked decorator and um i'm not even blogging on the naked decorator anymore but um so i have a new blog on my actual website um but a naked decorator is what people are still recognized <laughs> right well that's that was context. titillating you know i mean <laughs> now now you are lux living weekly yes yes which is great um, because um, it, it sets up somebody's expectation that you're going to deliver something cool every week. Right, exactly. Okay, exactly. sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, the Naked Decorator, it was, honestly, yes, it was meant to be a, a, something that caught your attention. But really, Naked came from, I was kind of stripping away all my preconceived notions about my clients and what, uh, what you know, because I found that it was feeding my ego when I would like go into a client's home and, you know, I drive up into their driveway, for example, and I'd see a Mercedes in the driveway and I'd expect that they were, they're going to have a huge budget, for example. And so that was something that I was making up in my own mind about people when it wasn't necessarily the truth about them. Mm. So I, I decided I was going to strip away all of those preconceived notions and just see people as they are and just talk to them and get to know them and understand them and educate them in the process. And so that's kind of where the naked decorator came from. So it had nothing to do with nudity. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't anyway. think it did. I mean, I didn't really think it did, but I just thought that's a, you know, that's a, um, a curious title that will get people's Yes. um attention that's all yeah which exactly. is good yes okay so you 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 blogged but it didn't you know get you to be at that level that you thought mm, maybe because blogging right. was big so how did you get noticed so um I was a part of another Facebook group several years ago and I was I found that as I was um, building my own business and really learning new skills and uh, things were, were working out for me and I was finding success 
a really big part of me was just like, I got to share this with somebody else. I just could not keep it to myself. And so I was very, very active in this group. I was not any of the admins or anything, but I was super, super active. And for one reason or another, I decided to leave that group. And um, people were just reaching out to me constantly. Veronica, you should start your own group. You should start your own group. And I'm just like, oh, no, I'm not starting my own group. And finally I did. And it was just meant to be the small group of people that kind of came from that old group and uh, coming together. And of course, it just started growing and growing. And from that group is really what started, I felt like my confidence built from there. And I was more like, okay, um, this is, I started leaning into it a little bit more because I realized that this is something naturally in me. I didn't realize that until these groups, to be honest with you. To be a leader. Yeah, the, Mm -hmm. the whole leader and just being, yeah, and just offering things to other people that I didn't feel like they were going to compete with me or feel intimidated by it. I just, it just came so naturally. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that was in me all along. And then I remembered that as a child, I wanted to be a teacher. That was my, Mm. my thing growing up. And so I just kind of made that all work together. And that's when all the visibility started to to show up in my business. And not just on the, um, the end of, you know, dealing with other designers, it, it, you know, started to go move over into my consumer um, facing things as well too. So, so it just really all worked together and it was just the right timing, I think. Wow. That's great. I mean, a, a kind of uh, beautiful manifestation of everything. Right. So, and at the time when you started your group, was it always called what they don't teach you in design school? Yes, that was absolutely uh, my intention from the very beginning is um, to really because, you know, again, a part of me was just like, I never went to school and some people never let me forget that. Mm-hmm. And so a part of it was just like, you know what, you can have success, not, even if you didn't go to school. And I'm, I'm experiencing that and I'm going to show you how. And so it was always meant to be that. Okay. Now, let's talk about now and what everybody's going through, because I think that um, designers are so fortunate to have groups like yours online. Mm-hmm. And I am, as a non-designer, fortunate to read you know, when I go to your Facebook site and Cheryl's and others, I just feel like I, I'm really getting a great read on on what designers need and what their their thoughts are, what's keeping them up mm-hmm. at night. So, what are you feeling? Like, how it? Um, what's the general feeling from people, and how do you think you are helping slash supporting them the most right now? So, um, I think the general feeling is uncertainty and. Um, I don't feel like people are being fearful right now, but they're really concerned about what the future is going to be. Because the thing is, we just don't know, especially even in my area. Like I said, things are kind of happening, but things are kind of not happening. So mm-hmm. it's just like, do I show up for work or do I, you know, it, it's kind of that feeling people are, are, are getting, I think, in general. And um, I'm just I'm trying to inspire them to use this time wisely and not feel feed into too much fear and um, sit there and watch TV all day long and just kind of worry about something that they cannot control. Um, but to use this time to kind of work on business and um, some of the things that we've been putting off, because we all get so busy sometimes and put off things that we, we, we know we should have been doing. It, it's the perfect time to do that. Has your um, schedule, you know, what's happened with your workload right now and how many jobs are you working on right now? So right now I have about eight projects uh, going right now and they're at different stages. Um, so 
we were in present sta presentation stages for like three of them right now. And that's a, it's a significant amount of money that we're talking about. And right now it seems like they're moving, like two of them are in revision stage and the clients have not said anything to me as far as let's halt or anything. We're, I'm revising them and plan to, um, plan to present them to them next week mm -hmm. and probably do video conferencing. I have another one, which is a first time presentation coming up next Monday. So I'm not sure if that's going to be delayed because they're doctors. Right. And, um, and But others are like, you know, winding down towards installation. A couple of them are smaller e-design type projects. So, but they, everything is kind of happening as normal. But uh, next week, I don't know if clients are going to start calling me and say, hey, Veronica, let's kind of hold off on installation. I don't know that yet. Right. And at this point, I'm, you know, it's what do you say to the client? I don't want to be the one to alarm them and say, oh, let's hold off unless I know for a fact that I cannot deliver that to them next week. Like, for example, if my warehouse shuts down or something. So I'm just watching every single thing as it's happening. Right. And making decisions minute by minute, really. Right. And, um, and so that's really the general consensus. It's, that's kind of what I'm seeing from other designers as well. Right. I, there is that fine line of when do you start to have that conversation with your clients? Like, do you prepare them or do you just... You know, I don't, I don't know what the answer well, is. Yeah, and it depends on the, the the stage of the client. For example, the ones that are like, um, I'm not meeting them till next week. I'm still kind of proceeding as normal. If I hear from them, I, I'll respond to them accordingly. But as it gets closer to when the presentation is going to be, I'm going to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, this is what's developed, as you know, and this is how we can. I'll always bring a solution to them. I'm not just going to say, well, hey, this is all, this is what's going on. Right. And we can meet next week. So whatever. Yes. No, no. Have, have a way to, to, to keep it going. That's comfortable. Yeah. That works for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's your, that's your style. Um, I'm going to try zoom. I've never zoomed. Um, like, uh, well, I guess I have zoomed, but what do you use when you're presenting? Uh, I use zoom. Mm -hmm. Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zoom. Yes. Yes. Um, but you, you could do like, I've done, um, uh, the loom, use loom screen share where if the client doesn't have to be on there with you and you can just do like a video recording. I do that for the e-design ones where I'm just recording um, instructions. This is how you carry out your design. And so I'm kind of walking through screen by screen of what they do. Oh, so, so a sort of, as well too. oh, that's interesting. But say it again. I didn't hear the name of it. It's, it's Loom. It's, the website is useloom.com. Okay. Useloom.com. I will check that out. Just, that's interesting to me. Um, so with product being such a big part of your business, the uh, not coming to market, because I see you at every market, is that going to be hard for you? Are you excited about the, the possibility of digital tours? How will you brush up on all that product? Uh, so it's, it's disappointing, honestly, because market is something that's a big part of my business, and I look forward to that. Um, but, you know, I think I'm just going to take that time to just take a, a, a much needed break because, you know, it's I go to every single market. So it's going to be like a nice little break for me for now. But, you know, I'm looking forward to going in June. A lot of people are saying they're not going in June. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go support my vendors because mm -hmm. these are the same vendors I expect to support me. So as long as market's going to happen in June, I'm going to go. Um, but at the same time, yes, I'm going to see what they, they're offering digitally and kind of get online and educate myself if it's something that, you know, vendors are offering right now. Right. So, okay. Now we refer to it earlier that you are a bit of a book junkie. And mm -hmm. I learned that when we were doing a, a shelving styling, uh, <laughs> shelf <laughs> styling story and, and you appeared in it. So I'm just curious, you know, in these hunkering down when more time at home, what is on your list? 
I'm reading a lot of business books right now. I just ordered one called Scaling Up. I forgot the name of the author now, though, but um, I was kind of going through a website and I saw it mentioned and I just hit the order button and I ordered it. So I'm catching up on the business side and it's, I'm really focused on scaling. So I'm looking into a lot of scaling up books and things that mention, you know, how to kind of grow your interior design business. So, um, so yeah, so that's one what's on my reading list right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you... I. Uh, I remember seeing a salon wall in your um, in your home or in your office. Is it you that draws, or is it your daughter that paints? Or I, who's my the, daughter, mm. my daughter paints. Yeah. <laughs> and does she work with you? No, well, she's supposed to. Um, she lives <laughs> in Miami, so she she's finishing up school right now in Miami, and she of course works super super independent young lady. Mm-hmm. So she's helped me with back office type stuff. Like uh, I've asked her to kind of help me with my social media things, uh, just things that she will enjoy doing she's even been to market with me actually before um but no she doesn't like work in in the company all the time you know do you enjoy doing social media i yeah i enjoy some aspects of it i i do what i enjoy doing is what i should say actually so um i try not to live by this rule of what everybody else is saying is a normal thing to do on social media i just do whatever feels comfortable for me and feels good to me and that's why i'm very very consistent mm-hmm. um instagram was a i'm a late bloomer to instagram i i've been always been on there but i just never really loved it as a platform and I'm finding myself just enjoying the, the idea of sharing my work with people. And so I use it for that. But as far as the stories and the other things, I, I just, I, I still haven't really gotten into that as much. Right. But I, I just use social media the way it feels good to me. Despite the coronavirus, like anything else that you're really looking forward to in 2020 that um, you're like, this is going to be the year that I'm going to blank. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 2020 was supposed to be this big year for me, and it still will be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to be launching a, a, a software program for my business that I've been trying to develop now for a year um, and lost some money doing it, but still decided I'm going to do it. And I'm looking into that still. Even today, I have two, two meetings. Um, a face, software? Yeah, just for my own company, a, a project management software to run my entire operation from start to finish it. I'm designing myself because it just does not exist out there. Okay. And so I've been looking into that. That that sounds like something that once you test it out and see that it's, it is it is working would be something that would be uh, scaled to sell, right? Right. So I'd probably sit on it for a year or so mm-hmm. make sure it works perfectly fine before I do that, though. So it's, that's that's further out in the future. Very cool. But it, it's, it's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then I was supposed to... In fact, I had uh, the lease in front of me last week to sign, and I didn't sign it uh, because of the whole coronavirus thing. I was supposed to be moving into a new space that has um, a warehouse that I'd be doing my own receiving because since product sales is so big for me, I I just really wanted to take control of that aspect of my business as well. And um, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, so it's just not the right time to sign this thing. And so I'm holding off on that right now, but it's still... If everything goes kind of back to normal, at least on the path to normal, um, I will I will pursue that. Okay, well that's that's great. Well, I totally appreciate you coming on. You've been a great help for me uh, as editor of my magazine in in helping me see things and um, letting me learn through you. So thank you. I appreciate you too, I and mean, I love being that you're a part of the group and that you really care about taking our message and getting the attention where it deserves. And so I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I totally do on. care. I, I I totally do care, and I don't take it lightly that that I'm let in, even though I'm not a designer, because um, mm-hmm. I really 
I really want the best for our community. So Absolutely. it's all good stuff. Um, thank you and have a great day, um, great week, and we'll be in touch very soon. All right. Thanks. You too, Jane. All right. Okay. Bye, Veronica. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to SED. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.